That was unbelievable. Can we give the band a big hand today? That was absolutely fantastic. Why don't you grab a seat this morning and we're going to get into the Word of God today. We're on part two of our series, Red Letter Revival. And we're looking at some of the passages that are written in red in your Bible. And these are the words of Jesus. And I love the words of Jesus. I mean, I love the whole Word of God. But for some reason, when I read the words that Jesus actually spoke, I don't know, there's just something about it that makes me go, if, there's, if I've got to listen to anything, I've got to listen to these words. I was talking to an old varsity mate of mine just recently. We reconnected after like 25 years. He's not a Christian. He's a very successful businessman. And uh, he's a pretty funny guy. And we were chatting and he was talking to me about uh, when he chose his wife. And I said, chose your wife. You chose your wife. And he said, Mike, stop and think about it for a minute. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of good-looking, eligible men out there. And she chose this? No, no, I chose her. I had to laugh. Kind of funny. You, know, you, can, you, can always make fun of other, you can't always make fun of other people, but you can always make fun of yourself, right? And, uh, and, I, and it was great. But, you know, as I left that conversation, I confess, I did have to ask... I wonder how deep that feeling actually goes. Does he actually carry something in his spirit that says that actually maybe he wasn't chosen? Because if we're not chosen, there's an insecurity that comes with that. There are questions around, do I actually have a place here? Do I really belong here? And that's why what Jesus says to his disciples, and therefore to us, is so phenomenally powerful. So many of us, if we are actually really honest, we carry quite a measure of insecurity in our lives. Many of us are insecure about how we look or how we stand or what we do or how much we get paid. Many of us are also a little insecure about our salvation. Am I really saved? Does God really love me? Do I really have a place in his family? In John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus says this, you did not choose me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Let that sit just for a moment. I want you to imagine for a moment Jesus and you face to face. And Jesus saying to you, <laughs> you thought you chose me? No, no. You did not choose me. I chose. I chose you. You see, there's an assurance that comes when you are chosen. You're not campaigning to get yourself elected. You're not always having a, to keep that smile on all the time in case somebody doesn't think you're performing. There's an assurance when we are chosen. There's a comfort that comes when we know that actually someone picked us out. It's nice when you were the kid when they were picking teams. It's nice when you were the kid who got picked first. Some of us still remember that. There was a real comfort that came with that, right? Why? Because you didn't want to be the kid who got picked last. You know, I've never been the kid that was picked last. I have been sometimes. 
There's certainly no comfort. There's only discomfort when you aren't chosen, when you're the guy about whom they say, oh, you can have him. And there is a confidence that comes when we know that somebody chose us because something inside us knows that if we were chosen, we must have what it takes to do what is required. You know what? And the devil hates that Jesus said this so much that he tries to twist these words of Jesus in our hearts and in our minds so that we miss the message that Jesus is trying to communicate to us. We will not buy into that. And you know, there are some of us here who, who we read those words, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And, and we go, oh, but we're someone that God had to choose. You know what? You are not somebody that God had to choose. First Thessalonians 1 verse 4, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. You were not chosen because He had to choose you. You were chosen because He loves you. How could He not choose you? It made sense to choose you. He wanted you. That's why you are chosen. The second lie the devil tries to get us to believe is that God doesn't really love us. We're just someone that, that God has adjusted to. You know, God kind of, uh, I guess I've got to have all these ones as well. These ones, great. These ones, uh, well, I guess if we hang in there long enough, we'll, we'll learn to put up with all of their issues and their problems in their sense. That is not God. God selected you. He preferred you. He chose you. And the third one is that, that sometimes we can think that we're someone that God puts up with. Honestly, I thought that for years. For years and years and years, I didn't really believe that God loved me. I, re- I, I knew that theoretically God loved me, and I was very confident that God loved the person on the right of me, and God loved the person on the left of me, but I was pretty sure God was putting up with me. I'm the guy who snuck in through an administrative error, and now God had nothing to do but put up with me. But you know what? The truth is God delighted to choose you. Psalm 149 verse 4, For the Lord takes delight in his people. Do you know what delight looks like? You, watch a, you want to come down here on a Thursday morning and see all the, the babies there and the kids that are here with their mums. And you watch one of those little girls suddenly grab a teddy bear and you will see delight. You'll see one of those little boys when one of the other little boys leaves the little trampoline bouncy thing and he runs up and he gets on the trampoline and there's no one anywhere near him and it's all his. And you will catch a glimpse of what delight looks like. God is not putting up with you. He delights in you. And that is the grace that we walk in. Here's a thought for us today. Do you know that God chose you before you did anything? Some people say that they'll come to God, you know, kind of when they've got their stuff sorted out, when they've got the issues dealt with, when they've, when they've dealt with their, their language issues or their bad behavior or their drinking or whatever it is. They'll come to God when they feel like they're good enough to come to God, when they feel somehow worthy of God's love. Some people, some people say that they'll come to God when, when, and they'll get more involved in church when they've got a few things done. You know, they've got, they've got the renos done on the house or, or maybe when they've, They've sorted out some work issues that have been building up for a while. You know, when, when they've got the time to really make the whole God thing kind of worthwhile and they can really add value. Some people think they're chosen by God because they've got something that God needs. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm a good singer. Uh, God needs singers. 
Or, or maybe, you know, you're a good manager and, and God needs some good managers in, in various ministries. And so you think kind of God picked you because you had something. But the truth is this, God chose you before you accomplished anything. Before the creation of the world, the scripture says, you were chosen. He gave you those talents. And he gave them to you to do what he'd chosen you to do. They're not things that he selected you for. He chose you to be fruitful, but he chose you before you were fruitful. How good is that? Three thoughts this morning I want us to get our heads around. Number one, because I am chosen, I can stop striving. Write this down. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 and 12, Paul encourages the church at Colossae to live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. God qualified you. Your ability doesn't qualify you. Your success doesn't qualify you. Your stunning good looks does not, do not, does not qualify you. Your experience, your CV and your resume, they do not qualify you. God qualified you. If you can sing, guess who gave you that voice? If you're good with numbers, guess who wired you that way? Ephesians 1 verse 4, for he chose us, he chose us, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. When did he choose us? He chose you before you wet your first nappy, ladies and gentlemen. He chose before you, he chose you before you first threw up on anybody. He chose you before you went to school, he chose you before you were a bus monitor. Do they still have bus monitors today? I was a bus monitor, just saying. He chose me before I was a bus monitor. I don't even know what bus monitors do anymore. I don't think it's a real thing. But I was a bus monitor. But God chose me before I was a bus monitor. God chose you before you had a PhD. He chose you before you were qualified in the particular area of skill that you are engaged in. He chose you before your spouse chose you. He chose you before any of those things. He chose you when you had nothing about you that made you worth choosing. He chose you before you were born, before you were saved. And that means nothing that I do made him choose me. Therefore, I don't have to convince him that I need to be chosen. I can stop striving. My place in God's kingdom and God's family, my place in the team is not dependent upon my performance. My salvation is not dependent on some sort of annual salvation performance review. God doesn't send an angel down and go, well, better check him out. Let's just make sure he's ticking all the boxes again for, for another year. That's not how this thing rolls. And I'm not saying that some are chosen and some are not. And Well, you know, the Bible is absolutely crystal clear. God does not desire that anybody should be lost. What I'm saying is that you are called and then you are gifted to do what you are called to do, which means you should know your gifting. 
Because what God has gifted you to do, God expects you to do. And that is where you will experience the anointing of God the most in your life. That is where you will be most effective. It doesn't matter where you serve. It matters how you serve. And I would encourage, you know, in fact, this morning at our, in Dream Team Central upstairs with our Dream Team members, I reminded everybody to think about what their spiritual giftings are and then as they go to their place of serving to ask the question, God, how can I serve somebody in these particular giftings that you have given me because this is where God manifests himself in my life according to 1 Corinthians 12. Every Thursday morning I go to our Mount Albert campus college and uh, I share devotions with the staff and this particular Thursday morning I got there and someone else was sharing devotions which was great the pressure was off it was a guy called Shane Hutchinson Shane Hutchinson is one of the teachers at our Golflands primary school campus he's a great guy he taught uh, one of our kids uh, I'm a big fan of his and he is leaving his job teaching and he's taking his family and they're going off to Nepal to live and work there full-time, semi-long-term, see what God does over there. Now, when Shane goes over there into this Nepalese community, what is he going to do? There's, the needs are huge. He could work with the lepers that are there trying to help bring healing to the lepers. He could try to engineer water systems to bring water to the villages that they're working in because it's a semi-arid place. He could be doing all sorts of things. He could be trying to build houses. He's not going to do any of those things. He's going there to teach kids. There's going to be 20 kids in his class. 20 kids all day. That's what he's starting with. But he is so fired up. He is so excited about that. His whole family is so excited. He's a gifted teacher, and I tell you, he's going to make a huge difference. That's a great thing. Put it. You can put a teacher in the middle of South Auckland, and you can put a teacher in the middle of South America... And if they can find a way to get into their gifting, they will, and they'll make a difference. God chose us and then gifted us so that wherever we are, whatever we do, if we can find a way to get into our gifting, then His power can flow through our lives, and God will make a difference. I'm telling you, God chose you, and then He gifted you. You don't have to strive anymore. The second thought this morning is this. Because I'm chosen, I have security. I have security. You know, the opposite of being a secure believer is being an insecure believer. Relationships don't do well when you are insecure. Some of you going through your teenage years or early 20s, you may have had friends who are insecure. You maybe even went out with somebody who was insecure. It's very difficult to have a meaningful adult relationship with someone who is insecure. God does not want you to be an insecure believer. He wants to be, you to be rock-solid, secure, and knowing who you are, where you stand, and that you have a place here. How does he do that? By making it clear that you did not choose him. He chose you. Don't act like you were someone who could have been invited, but you weren't. You were the one invited. You are chosen, and you have a place there. Whether you're on the mountain or whether you're in the valley, whether you're going through a pruning winter season or whether you're in a harvest season, it doesn't matter where you're at or what is going on. Remember that God has said, I've chosen you. I know what's up ahead. I'm going to take you through this. If you will lean on me and trust in me, I started this. If you'll let me, I'll finish this through you. Remember, you didn't choose me. I chose you. 
Now, this is where it gets interesting. When the Bible talks about the relationship that we have with God, one of the pictures that it gives us, one of the words that he uses, is the word adoption. Ephesians 1 verse 5, In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship or daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It all hangs on adoption. This is interesting. You know, it's possible to birth a baby and then not want that baby. But you can't adopt anyone by accident. You have been chosen. You can be a son or daughter by birth, and as you get older, if a relationship breaks down, you can, you can go, see you later, mom and dad, I'm off. You can, you can have a broken relationship, but you'll always be their son or daughter. It's interesting with adoption, if, if, you've, if, if you're adopted, and there are people here that are adopted, you, you will know, and there are people here who have adopted children, you will know that there's a time that comes when, as adults, that adopted child now makes a decision whether they're going to continue this relationship or not. It's a beautiful picture of God who chose us, and then we responded to that love. And chose him back. When the Bible uses a term like adoption, it wants you to know that God, by a sovereign act of his will, selected you. He looked over and he said, that one. That's the one that I choose. And we responded to that with our free will, offering of love and commitment to him. John 1, 12 and 13, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. You never have to come into God's presence and wonder if you have a place. A couple of weeks ago, Liz and I were chosen and invited to attend a tear fund fundraising dinner. Uh, obviously, as Elam, we've been involved with Tear Fund. We raised the money for the uh, Chiang Mai office of Invader, which has just been rebranded. But uh, this organization is currently, as far as I'm aware, the top prosecutor of, uh, of traffickers, uh, certainly in the Asia-Pacific region, I think in the world. I mean, they're doing an astonishing work. And so we were invited to go there. So we, we turned up in this grand uh, fundraising dinner with lots of wealthy people all around us. We walked in there. We hardly knew anybody there. And what did we do? What did I do? Well, I left Liz chatting to someone, and I'm off looking for my name tag. Because on all of the tables, they had these beautifully done uh, name tags with our names written on it. I didn't go there and wonder if I had a place. I just went looking for my place because I knew that it was there. I'm telling you, you don't have to go looking for your place, wondering if there's a place for you. God has chosen you. He has your name written down. And when you come to God, you come to the things of God. When it comes to that time when we go to heaven, I'm telling you, there'll be a place there for you with your name written on it. And for you in the kingdom of God and in the call of God, I'm telling you, you don't have to wonder if you have a place. You have a place. Why? Because you were chosen. You've been invited. And all we've got to do is find it. The third thought this morning is this, because I'm chosen, I have a purpose. It is not enough to know you were chosen, you have to know why you were chosen. Being chosen comes with a certain expectation, it comes with certain responsibilities. 
I love in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 to 10, the word of the Lord came to me. This is the young prophet Jeremiah speaking. Saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Here it is again. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah was chosen before he had done anything. Before you were born, God says, I set you apart and I appointed you as prophet to the nation. Now, Jeremiah protests in the next few verses. He says, God, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm young. I'm inexperienced. What does he say? He says, God, there's no way you can have chosen me because I have nothing to offer. I have nothing that you could choose me for. I have no skills, abilities, talents. I don't have a voice. I, don't have, a, I have none of these things. Completely missing the point that he was chosen, that God qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. And then it says, the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. God had not just chosen him, God had chosen him for a purpose. And I'm telling you, God hasn't just chosen you, he's chosen you for a purpose. I remember some time ago, uh, well, actually a number of years ago now, I was talking to my parents my, my wonderful parents, they, they're not really into the whole church organized religion thing. Love Jesus with all their hearts, don't really do church. Kind of ironic, I ended up as a pastor of a church, but there you go, that's God's plan. Mom and dad, they have the kind of people come to their door who would never darken the door of this church. And there was a particular person that they were dealing with, he was an ex-gang member. He was six foot something, rode a Harley and had cancer and was dying of cancer. He would disappear occasionally, usually because he got into an altercation with a police officer over his Harley Davidson. He once punched a police officer out who was threatening to take his Harley Davidson away. No surprises, he disappeared for six months inside one of our excellent penal institutions. Anyway, this guy got radically saved. He lived in this little community where my parents were. And you know what, old habits die hard. And whenever he would talk, even talking about the Lord, he used to swear like a trooper. One day he's walking along, this six foot something ex-gang member covered in tats, dying of cancer, walking along next to my elderly mother on some country road, and he's swearing away. And my mum says to him, Johnny, before you die, I think you probably need to clean your language up before you meet Jesus. He stopped and looked at her and said, Jocelyn? I don't think he'd recognize my voice if I did. <laughs> God has chosen you for a purpose. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach. There are places that you can go that I can't go. There are people that will come to you that would never darken my door. You have a role and a place and a purpose and it ties in with who you are and you've been chosen and you've been gifted to be that person for people who need to know those things. God chose me for what I do. God chose you to do what you do. He wired me especially for what I do. He wired you especially for what you do. He chose those that you needed to have alongside you. Pastor Luke shared these thoughts just, to, uh, just this last week and so he spoke to me. He said, I thought Marilyn married me, he says, for my charm and good looks. How surprised was I to find that actually God chose her for me? <laughs> Same. You know, the verse we read at the beginning says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit. Appointed. 
It's where we get the word appointment. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you have an appointment with destiny. God says, I won't let the world take you out with you making that appointment, without you doing what I've gifted you to do, without you fulfilling what I've called you to fulfill. The Bible says that a step, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That's why no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He's chosen you for something. He's appointed you for something. He has gifted you for something. He is with you no matter what comes. And you know, the devil would love to think that you were chosen on merit. Why? Because if, you, if he can get you to believe that you're such a great prayer and that's why God chose you because you're such a great prayer, then when you go through a tough time and you stop praying, you will doubt if you still have a place. If, if the devil can get you to believe that the reason why God loves you is because you're so good, you obey all the rules, you got all that stuff going down, then when you hit a tough patch and you struggle a little bit in some area and you don't obey the rules anymore for a season, then you're going to start doubting if you have a place anymore. You're going to wonder if you are still chosen. Before I had a good day or a bad day, before I was up or I was down, God chose me. He selected me. And I can go to God when I can't go to anybody else because there are some people I feel I can't go to because I think our relationship is based on my performance. But with God, my, our relationship is never based on my performance. One thing the prodigal son knew about his father was this. That even when he lost everything, squandered everything, broken every rule, even when he was covered in the mud and eating food alongside of pigs, he knew one thing, that he could go to his father and there would be a place. It doesn't matter, team, where you've been. It doesn't matter how far you've wandered. It doesn't matter how dark the season has been. It doesn't matter what's going on inside of you that you know, but nobody else knows. I'm telling you, there is a place for you in your father's house. There's a place for you in this house. You have been chosen. You were chosen to be fruitful. You were appointed to be useful. Stop trying to be somebody else and be what God wired you and gifted you to be because you are chosen. I want to pray for you this morning as we come to a close. Can I ask everyone just to take a moment? Let's just take a moment. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Let me ask you this this morning. Do you have your moments when you doubt that you've been chosen? Do you have your moments when you wonder if you really do have a place? Do you have your moments when you wonder if actually God's love and affection for you is based on your performance? Let me pray for you this morning. Dad, I thank you that you love us that you loved us before we had anything lovable about us. Lord, you chose us before we did anything. And I thank you, Lord, that I stand here because you chose me, not because I chose you. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are for every one of us here today. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are in us and with us, God, that you delight to call us your own, God. I thank you, thank you, Lord, that when we received you, God, all we were doing was responding to what you had already done. You'd already reached out. You already made a way. Thank you, God, that we are saved by grace through faith. And so this morning, Lord, I pray, God, that we might shake off our insecurity. God, we might shake off our fears. 
God, we might shake off the lies of the devil that say, hey, God just puts up with you. God had to choose you. God, I pray we'll shake those off, God, and we'll stand once again on the rock of your word, on Jesus who stands in front of us today and says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you, I chose you, I chose you, and I appointed you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, and fruit that will last and last and last. Lord, today we receive that in our hearts and in our spirits. God, we are yours. We are picked. We are chosen. We are preferred. We are loved. Devil, I bind you, shackle you, and shut you down over people here today who struggle to receive it. Holy Ghost, I pray you fill us with your spirit, God, that we might know in our heart of hearts that we are chosen too. With our heads bowed just for another couple of moments, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've actually been out of relationship with Jesus for a long time, I tell you this one thing you've got to understand. You're chosen too. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes would not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to live the life that we didn't live and to die the death that we should have died for the things that we've done so that we can receive Him that we can be made new, that we can find our place at the table, a place that was written and put there before we were even born. Jesus opens the door. And all we have to do is receive Him. If that's you this morning, if right now you know you need Jesus, you need a new start, you know that right now, then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer right now after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you that you love me. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus came for me. I believe that I am chosen and that you have a place prepared for me. This morning I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. God, make me new on the inside. Thank you that you love me. I put my faith in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, let me say to you, if that was you this morning, you prayed that prayer. Here's what we'd love you to do. There's four things we'd love you to do. Number one, we want you to go to church. This is a great church, but if, if you're going to some other church or want to go to some other church, I don't care. Just go to a church where you can get to know God. Number two, we want you to get in a small group so you can start doing life with others and find freedom. Number three, Give us four weeks and go through growth track. We'll help you find your purpose, know your gifting, work out how God's put you together to make a difference. And then number four, at some point, get involved in one of our teams. Be a part of the dream team. Start making a difference in someone else's life with the giftings that he has placed within you. If that's you this morning, before you go, would you find a connect card? They're the orange cards. We've got them down the back. We've got them at the info area. Just grab one of those and just tick the box here that says that you accepted Jesus in your life this morning. We'd love to... We don't want to stalk you, but we'd love to get some information in your hands just to bless you and pray for you. That would be uh, our privilege to do that. If you're not in a small group, want to get in a small group, grab a connect card, take it off, put it in the box next to the info area. We'll follow you up. If you want to be involved in one of our dream teams, likewise, grab a connect card, take it off. If you want to be baptized, if you want to get your children dedicated, anything you want to do, grab a connect card, sign that off. That'd be fantastic. But look, as we close, we're going to take up the offering this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Shane to come up and share a few thoughts with us. That'd be awesome. Thanks, Shane.
Thank you, Pastor Mike. And just like Pastor Mike said this morning, because I am chosen, I have purpose. I believe God has chosen each one of us as an individual to fulfill His purpose in so many different areas. I also believe God has chosen all of us as a, as a unity to fulfill His purpose in this world, to build His church. You know, 3,000 years ago, King David said to his son Solomon, he says, God has chosen you to be the one build a house as the sanctuary. So be strong and do the work. And then King David said to his followers, My son Solomon, the one whom was chosen by God, is so young and inexperienced. However, by the completion time of the temple of God, Solomon has been transformed into one of the greatest king in history. And Israel, Israel in that time was a strong nation. What I have learned from Solomon's story is when Solomon was building the temple of God, God built the life of Solomon. I believe today God is still doing the same thing on his chosen people. When we build the temple of God, when we dedicate ourselves to the work of God, God will build our life. When we dedicate ourselves to the work of God, God will fulfill his purpose in our life. So let's give what we have to build the church of God in this world. Just like what King David said to his son Solomon, be strong and do the work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for choosing us to be your people in this world, to fulfill your purpose in this world. God, you will bless every one of us in this house. So we'll be empowered to influence our community. We'll be empowered to fulfill your purpose in our world. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand. Sing this last song. From beginning to the Thank you everyone for coming to our church. 
if you have anything want us to pray for you, please come forward. Our ministry team will pray for you now. Also, don't forget, this coming Wednesday, 7 p.m., uh, 14th of November, this coming Wednesday, we will have a heart and soul service. That will be our first weekday service. Don't miss it. Come this Wednesday night. God bless you. Have a peaceful week.